G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize which God has called me. That's the tweet he'd send every single person. Hello and welcome to Today with Jeff Vines. Today, Pastor Jeff's message is called The Masterpiece in You. He's encouraging us to embrace our God-given identity and to push on towards the goal, the prize God has called us to. Those people on planet Earth where the masterpiece gets out of them, the real them that's been pressed out all their lives, there are three consistencies that you find in those people's lives that are able to get it out and flourish and not only survive, but to thrive. This is Today with Jeff Vines. And if you have your Bibles, turn over to Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, one, one verse. Now, stay with me here while you're turning. I know you can multitask. When I was in high school, folks, uh, I had one of those life-defining moments, but it, it was something that was going on in somebody else's life, not necessarily mine, but I was standing back and watching all this. I was a freshman in high school. Can you remember back that far? Seems like yesterday, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, okay, maybe not. But <laughs> freshman in high school... Uh, There was a young guy by the name of Keith Turner, and I've spoken about him before because he's one of those young men that had such an impact, even though we were the same age. And when he was 13 years old, he decided that he was going to be the first Elizabethan Cyclone basketball player to dunk a basketball in a basketball game. Now, some of you older people know that we've evolved quite a bit in basketball over the last 20, 30 years, because today you go to a high school game, you're liable to see three or four guys that can dunk. But back in the late 70s, we didn't even have the breakaway rims yet because nobody got up that high. So a dunk in a basketball game was quite a feat, and now it's commonplace. Again, just a testimony to the way the game is evolving. But there was this young man named Keith Turner. When he came up to high school from junior high, he was an eighth grader at the time, he did something that uh, the rest of us would stand back and watch and ridicule because that's what you do when somebody attempts something great. What do you do? You feel guilty because you're not attempting, so you ridicule and you mock. It's the way of humanity. And he would take a piece of athletic tape, and he would place it on the backboard. And he started right down below the backboard. He started doing this when he was about 14 years old, and he would run and jump until he could touch this piece of tape 10 times in a row. Now, when he could do it 10 times in a row, he would take the tape off, get on the ladder, climb up, take the tape away, and just raise it a little higher. When he could do that 10 times in a row, he'd raise it a little higher. Now, I'm going through the journey quite quickly, but this took four and a half years. Four and a half years. For four and a half years, Keith Turner, every day after practice, when the rest of us were going home, would put a piece of tape on the backboard, and we were all tired, just wanted to go home, have a meal, go to bed. He stayed after practice, running and jumping, running and jumping until he could touch the tape 10 times. He figured that he would, the only way he could make sure that he would get to the point where he could dunk a basketball in a game was if the tape at some point got about this high. 
Now, if you know anything about basketball, that's a long way up and not too many people can get that high. What made it worse was that he was really a skinny, scrawny looking kid. Didn't have very big thighs or calves, didn't have a strong core, but he was determined that he was going to be the first Elizabethan cyclone to dunk a basketball in a high school basketball game. And of course, like I said, we all made fun of him, just ridiculed him. But we were in awe that we'd stand out on one side of the court and we'd watch him for hours upon hours before and after practice on the weekends. You could go by the high school gymnasium at night and the lights would be on. You knew who was in there and what he was doing. He was so determined. Now, folks, I want you to hear me on this, especially, I don't really care what age you are. This message is for you. Here's what the Bible tells me. There is a masterpiece in every single one of your lives trying to get out. I don't care how old you are. There is something inside you that God has made and very few people ever experience that masterpiece coming out. Most people continue to live the mundane average life. The Bible is very clear within every single one of you, and I don't care what age you are, every one of you have a masterpiece inside that God has created that he is desperately wanting to come out. Now you say, Pastor Jeff, how do you know that? Well, I'll go back to the Old Testament. It starts there, but all the way through the New Testament. We're up to Jeremiah 1, 5, where it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Scholars may tell me, well, Jeff, that's talking about specifically about Jeremiah. That may be true, but the same is true about every one of us, that God knew us while we were in our mother's womb, and he put us together, shaped us, gave us our talents and abilities. There's a masterpiece in us that Through the course of our lives, the Spirit of God, when he takes possession of us, wants to get that masterpiece out for a reason. David wrote something similar. He said in Psalm 139 that I praise you. He's talking about God there. Because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Two Hebrew words, fascinating words. The word translated wonderfully. There's really no English word that can translate wonderfully there, but it's our best effort. But it means intricate detail. It means piece by piece. It means you are fine-tuned. It means that although other people might have the same talents, gifting, and abilities that you have, because of your the, the certain way that you express those talents and abilities, there's nobody exactly like you on planet Earth. And that God made you in a certain way, that when you realize that you're wonderfully made, that you're put together piece by piece, when you recognize that and the masterpiece is formed and comes out, the Bible says you're fearfully made. That's the word for awesome. People, when they see you, when the masterpiece that is the real you comes out, they're going to stand back and think, wow, and they're going to be in awe of what God has made in this individual person. The Bible is clear. There is a masterpiece in every individual life. He goes on back to Jeremiah and he says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to have or give you a hope and a future. It's all through the Bible. Now let me say it again because I don't want to pass by this and you think, okay, I've heard this before. And if you've been in church a long time and you've heard a message like this, your tendency is going to be what? Oh yeah, go on, get to the next point. No, I'm not moving until you get this. I'll do this for 20 minutes if I look in your eyes and I don't see your acceptance of what I'm saying. You think I'm kidding, don't you? (laughs) Listen, there is a masterpiece according to the scripture inside every single one of you. Something that sets you apart. Something that gives you your significance. Something that when it comes out, people will stand back and think, wow, that is an awesome person. Look at what God has done in his or her life. The only reason you don't believe that is because you've had coaches and teachers or sometimes even parents tell you that you're average and mundane. 
And you say, Pastor Jeff, I don't feel like there's a masterpiece in you or me. And the reason is, is because there's also a deceiver that's been lying to you all your life to tell you that you're average and mundane and you can never be anything but that. Tony Campolo says, we American parents spend our lives teaching our children to pray. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. What we should be asking them or teaching them to pray is, help me wake before I die. Help me wake up. There's a masterpiece in every single one of you that is just waiting to get out. And we're in this series called Life in 140 based on Twitter. How many of you think I can communicate something in 140 characters or less? Probably not, right? Twitter, you have to. And I believe that if Jesus had an iPhone, he wouldn't have an iPhone. But if he did, and he was tweeting, this is the message he would tweet to everybody in the room. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize which God has called me. That's the tweet he'd send every single person because those people on planet earth where the masterpiece gets out of them, the real them that's been pressed out all their lives because of words people have said to you, because of things you started to believe, the real you, the real masterpiece, there are three consistencies that you find in those people's lives that are able to get it out and flourish and not only survive, but to thrive. Here's the first one. They are continually raising the mark in their lives. Continuing the race. Look, I'm telling you, I wish I could get inside your head and just paint a picture of Keith Turner on the other side of the gymnasium, taking this tape and consistently raising it up month after month. Now, sometimes it would take him a year or so to get from here to here, but he never gave up. He consistently raised the level of excellence in his life, knowing that someday the masterpiece would come out or at least believing it. The apostle Paul says something similar. He says, forgetting what lies behind and straining ahead. And that Greek word is that of a runner whose face is contorted, whose muscles are stretching and straining with outstretched arms. And he's trying to finish across the finish line in a photo finish. He's trying to win the victory. That's the word. This is Today with Jeff Vines. Pastor Jeff is sharing about the masterpiece in you, realizing the unique person God has made you and working towards being our best for him. Now, the problem is in America, we don't strain much for anything, do we? Come on now, because if something's really hard in America, we've gotten lazy. If it's really hard, we lose interest pretty quickly, don't we? Think about it. We don't cook much anymore. We go to fast food. It might be fast, but it ain't food. <laughs> but it's easy. If something's hard, we've, we've gotten soft. If something's difficult, if there's an objective to be reached, but it just seems to be too far away... We want things easily, right? We want things to come to us easily. And if it's hard, we lose interest. Now, Dane and I were at the North American Christian Convention. We, 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 we uh, were able to get away from the convention for about four hours to play around the golf. Does that surprise anybody? Of course not. Something interesting. We were playing this par five and Dane, I want to make sure this is clear. Dane hit his ball in the bunker. Okay, Dane. And so I'm going over to the bunker to help him look for it. And we run into this little guy, little turtle in the bunker. Now, this makes the turtle look bigger than he actually is. He's pretty small, but I got my iPhone right down because turtles can't move fast. So you can photograph them all you want. And so this baby turtle, if you know anything about baby turtles, they, the first thing they try to do is get toward water. It's, it kind of is a safety place for them and they need a lot of water. This little guy here got stuck in a bunker and he was trying to get out and there was a, there was a little hump. And if he gets over the hump, then right across the hump is this clear, pristine lake of water. I mean, it's just so close, but there's a little hump and it takes a little effort to get across. And we noticed as we looked at the bunker that there were trails all around the bunker. He had been going everywhere for a long time just because see 
our laziness has even impacted the animal world in America. Because here's this turtle, all he had to do was get over that little hump and he, and he just refused to do it. He'd rather wander in the desert than face an obstacle into the promised land. And Dane said, Jeff, we should help him out. And I said, no, let's not. He's got to learn right now. He's got to learn right now to go over the hump. Don't help that turtle out into the water. I said, well, I'm serious. That's what I said. He's got to learn. Now, here's the point I'm making. Every time I've met someone where the masterpiece that they are has come out, you see this fresh new desire in their lives every new day, a never-ending passion, an all-consuming objective to stretch and to strain and to morph into the masterpiece that God has made them to be. One of my favorite quotes, and I know I've read it many times, comes from Mother Teresa. And it's not so much for what she said, but when she said it. Let me read the quote. She said this, may I truly obey you, she says, starting today to be a courier of your love and grace to a hurting world because up to now I've really done nothing. Now, that's a great quote, but she wrote it near the end of her life. This is Mother Teresa. Do you think the masterpiece that was her came out? Oh, yes, it did. And the world stood back and what did they do? Wow, that's awesome. Respected, giving a platform at Harvard in the White House everywhere to speak and to talk about love and things like abstinence. Can you imagine? Amazing woman. And near the end of their life, she said, may I start now? Even though she had taken great strides in compassion and mercy and worked among the poorest of the poor in the streets of Calcutta, she says, may I start today? That's That's that element of someone who's raising the mark consistently in their lives because no matter where they are, they know there's another plateau and they know the masterpiece that is in that will never get out until they raise consistently the mark of excellence in their lives. Now, here's the problem with raising the mark. You know what it is. I call this the Buzz Lightyear syndrome, okay? It's amazing how Buzz Lightyear, isn't that, that's an uncanny resemblance, isn't it? Every time I see that, Uh, the Buzz Lightyear syndrome is infinity and beyond. And here's what happens. We come to a point in our life when we have a conviction that we're not where we ought to be. And I'm talking about in our jobs, in our marriage, whatever it is, you name it, any category. And there's a conviction, but then we notice where we are and where we need to be. And we're so overwhelmed with how far away we are from where we need to be that you know what we do? We say, that's infinity. There's no way I can reach it. So we don't even try at all. We just give up and continue to live the average mundane life. Let me tell some of you young people something right now. If that's your attitude, you're going to end up like your parents. (laughs) If you fall for the generation before you, for this whole thing that you're average, that you're mundane, and anything that's too hard, anything requires effort, forget it. You're going to live a mundane average life, and the masterpiece that is you will never come out. When you see people of excellence, you're seeing people who paid the price, who've sacrificed, who have climbed the mountain knowing that paradise, that streams of living water are just across the way. Now, one of the problems is, the thing about a masterpiece is that it is a masterpiece. You don't get a masterpiece overnight. It's when the pieces come together over a period of time. Now, if you go back to the 1960s, Uh, Japan's economy was in disarray. Anytime you picked up anything that said made in Japan, you knew it was junk. Remember those days? And you know what we did? Uh, uh, The the charity, the, the concern for the world that the Americans have always had, and it's a good thing, I believe, Uh, Japan was in such disarray that we actually sent our best quality control expert from America to the Japanese economists to help them rebuild Japan. And we sent a man by the name of Dr. W. Edwards Deming, 
a quality control expert. And he met with Japanese economists. And in his first meeting to restore the economy in Japan, because if you know anything about Japanese economy, it's not like that now, is it? Here's what he told them in a speech delivered. He said, if you will improve something about yourself and your product every day, not something that's like a threshold that you grab and hold on to, but make improving or quality just part of your DNA, just part of your genetic makeup, and you just improve something every day about yourself and your product or what you produce or what you do, here is the promise. If you'll do that, then in 10 years, you'll turn the economy of Japan around. In 30 years, you'll become a world power economically. What happened? You see what he says to them? He says, forget about that it's infinite and beyond. Think about that if you just make little steps, little improvements every day and every month and every year, one day you'll not only turn the economy of Japan around, but you'll be a world power, economically speaking. And they bought it hook, line, and seeker, and that's exactly what happens. It goes back to the old African proverb, little by little makes a bundle. And if they can do that for the economy of Japan, how much more can you and I do that for God's purposes coming to fruition in our lives? Little by little. What are you saying? How does this apply, Pastor Jeff? Like this. If you want the power of God in your life to get the masterpiece out of you, if you want the word of God in you and the wisdom of God in you, so that the Holy Spirit of God gives you that right word at the right time in the right place so that you'll always have the victory. It starts by tomorrow, you opening your Bible and reading it for five minutes. You don't memorize it in 24 hours. You don't make a leap and bound. You don't dunk on the first try. You raise the level a little bit. It starts with five minutes. The next thing you know, you're in 10 and then 15. Then the Bible, the word of God's getting in you. If you want intimacy with God, folks, if you want such a close relationship that you feel God is speaking to you every moment of every day, then it starts tomorrow by you spending five minutes in prayer. It starts with a decision to put your life on a trajectory that's going to lead you to a place where the masterpiece that is you comes out. You want purity. You want to be more pure. You want to be more righteous. It starts when you make a phone call tomorrow to a man or a woman. Now it's woman on woman, man on man. Let's make sure we get this straight now. An accountability partner that you meet with regularly that asks you the hard questions of your faith, that asks you if you are keeping yourself pure, if your eyes are seeing what they should be seeing, if your feet are taking you places you should be going. It's a matter of making a simple decision to put your life on a trajectory where the masterpiece will come out in the end. Now, I notice every time I talk about tithing, I always like to look around the audience. Because some people get mad at me when I mention that. And, you know, even though I might mention it five times in a year, you talk about that every week. It's amazing. The reason you feel that way is because you're feeling guilty, right? And the reason you're feeling guilty, and not most people, uh, most people don't believe pastors know this. I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. We know this. We know there's a lot of people that truly want to. They really do, but they're so far in debt, they just don't see how. So that's why a lot of pastors have a lot of passion. They keep preaching the message because it, 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 it's a message that we, you should never be afraid to ask God's people for God's money. Now, the decision that you make is not to just go out and say, well, you know, someday I'll get there because you never will. If you're not there, then you get in something like Financial Peace University and learn to get out of debt so that five, 10 years from now, guess what happens? You're out of debt and you can give the way you want to give and you can invest the way you want to invest and use your resources for something greater than yourself. 
The point is, it's little by little. Some of you need to get in CR. You got an addiction that's stuck to you like Velcro. It's killing you. You need to make the decision tomorrow to start attending Celebrate Recovery. Some of you need to start praying with your children. You're worried about their spirituality. Some of you need to forgive one person. You hear messages about forgiveness. And there are so many people in your life that you need to forgive. But you don't know where to start. It's to infinity and beyond. And the, the place you start is with one person. Forgive one person. Start there. Make it your mother-in-law. If you can forgive her, you can forgive anybody, right? Make it her, somebody. The problem is we severely underestimate what we can become because we look at the mountain of where we are and where we need to be. We're overwhelmed, so we get stuck in this mundane average life. And the sad thing about that is, is most of us will never attempt anything so great that without the power and the knowledge and the wisdom of God, it cannot become true. So we never know what it is to experience the miraculous nature and work of God in our lives. Please, I'm begging you. And I've labored this first point. Make a change. Change anything. Get off the couch. Get out in front of the television, man. Do something, please. Life's passing you by. I mean, Change your hair. Comb your hair differently. I'll take that. (laughs) Change your clothes. Change your deodorant. Do anything. Coach John Wooden said this to his players for over 15 years. Failure is not fatal, but the failure to change might be. Now, before I move on, and the other two points go much more quickly, before I move on, why is this so? This is not rocket science, is it? Pastor Jeff says, okay, there's a, a, a masterpiece in me that God wants to bring out and over time, if I'll make decisions and raise the mark of excellence in my life over a week, over a week, a month, a month, and year after year, someday in my life, at some point, that masterpiece that is me will come out and people will stand and look in awe. What's so hard about that? Let me tell you what's so hard about that. Because anytime you make a decision to start going down that path, there's an entity that is going to make a serious attempt to bring you down and to keep you average and keep you mundane, and he's powerful. This is Today with Jeff Vines. That's all we have time for, but next time we'll continue the masterpiece in you. Pastor Jeff's encouragement to us to strive for excellence. You can't fool God. He knows if you're about you or about Him. And if you're about Him, I believe He will raise you up. And the masterpiece that is you will ultimately come out. Today with Jeff Vines. Just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.